Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. All right, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by Jake Hurwitz. Jake is a visionary serial entrepreneur who ignited his passion for innovation and connection at the age of eight by fixing skateboards in his suburban New York neighborhood. Today, he is the founder and creative director of Thursday Labs, a strategic content agency that focuses on crafting meaningful connections with target audiences, driving revenue growth, and building scalable distribution strategies through measurable results. Their services include video production, social media, website design, and more. And today, to tell us about his story is Jake himself. So Jake, thank you for being here, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's so funny. I wrote that bio like probably six months ago. And hearing you say it, I'm like, oh boy, we need to update that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, happy to share like some of the updated things. and uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for cool. having me, my well, friend. Let's go back to eight years old. Is this where is this where you yeah. caught the uh, entrepreneurial bug? I think so. I think so. I uh, I remember it very vividly, so I'll do my best to paint the picture. I lived in yeah about forty minutes north of New York City, and loved to skateboard like and snowboard. It was like my I remember vividly being like I'm going to be a pro one day. Totally didn't happen, but that was my whole life. And I, I don't really know where the bug like started or came from. Um, but I do know that my dad especially saw these like tendencies and interests and patterns in me around that age. And, and he would start to push on it like in a good way and, and support it. So I thought, how cool would it be if I ran this business where I would repair all the broken skateboards around my neighborhood Uh, and got paid money to do that. So I made these flyers on like Microsoft Word with clip art and like Word art, remember that stuff, Um, with all the like little pull tabs you could pull off the bottom of the paper with your phone number on it. So I used like my parents' house phone number, because I had eight years old in whatever year it was, we didn't have a cell phone, Um, printed out like 250 flyers on my mom's printer in her, in the kitchen, and uh, then took every single one and like cut the little dotted lines on the pull tabs. It took hours. And then I would skateboard around the neighborhood for a few hours and I put them in every single mailbox in the in the neighborhood. Yeah, it was probably like 200 some odd homes. Um, about a day later, my parents got a phone call from the town, or, you know, the neighborhood like board saying, um, I have to remove every flyer because it broke the guidelines. And if I do it again, they're going to be what? fined like thousands of dollars. Totally. And so that was my first run in with like trying to do something innovative, I guess, and getting uh, like the handcuffs slapped <laughs> on me or getting like, my parents were, like really like he's an eight year old kid trying to like do something cool for the neighborhood. Like you're going to be that shitty about it. But turns out I didn't uh, do my market research. There weren't a lot of skateboarders <laughs> in the neighborhood, let alone those who needed their boards repaired. Um, but there was one neighbor I had this like very sweet old man who went to the store, bought a skateboard, drove over it with his car, which snapped it in half. And then he hired me for like 10 bucks to fix it. <laughs> I couldn't fix a skateboard that had been yeah, broken. Yeah, like how are you going to re-laminate that thing so, as an eight-year-old? <laughs> yeah, totally. So it went from like, I'm starting this business to about 48 hours later, I'm going to shut down this business because we almost got fined and 
and I had one unsuccessful client. Um, but that's really where it all started. Like ever since then, I was I was that kid in high school that like, you know, I was selling custom van sneakers because I, I was an artist growing up and I'd like teach art classes at the local nature center that I started and built this like peer tutoring business. Uh, the best business I built from a margin standpoint ever was uh, stay-at-home moms would give me boxes, huge boxes of all their VHS tapes and I would just burn them to Google Drive wow. using like a VHS to DVD converter and then DVD to hard drive. And I would just like plop them in, press start, press stop while I was doing my homework after school. And I would charge like 30 or 50 bucks a tape. And they'd give me boxes of like 100 tapes. So I was just like racking up cash as a, you know, 14 year old kid after school just by doing that, like sending them. So yeah, I was just always that kid. And that led to then my first real company when I was 18, which was a marketing agency, just like a you know, run-of-the-mill agency uh, led me to like building tech startups. And I got into venture capital for a while. And now I'm uh, I'm almost 30 and building Thursday Labs, which I think is the culmination of, I mean, all of it, like a lot that I saw in, in venture and a lot of the pitfalls I saw with like how founders build, you know, create content for their, for themselves, build yeah. thought leadership, um, yeah. using a lot of the, I mean, same LLC, like a lot of the processes, documents, all that for what I built the agency on 10 years ago. Uh, so anyway, that's the the general high level intro story of like the origins of all this stuff. Super cool. What do you think, looking back, attracted you to the creating of your own business? Is it the creative side that you clearly have? Is it the freedom idea of working for yourself? Like, what do you, what do you think was attracting you to that? Yeah, I think there's a there's two sides to it. There's the like cool fun side, and then there's the like logistical financial side. The I'll start with the logistical financial side. Uh, I don't know why I chose that one to start with, but let's just start there. To paint the picture, um, it was high school and I was, so it was like 2009, 2010. So right after 08 and I lived in New York and my mom worked in real estate. My dad was in uh, like early dot-com world and advertising and media. Um, and so we got hit pretty hard. Like everyone did. I mean, I, I had a lot of friends whose parents worked on wall street and they lost everything. Like had to leave, you know, leave, move out of their house and like leave town um, and it wasn't many years after 9-11 either. Like a lot of, it was just like a hard era for folks, kind of like round two of like, fuck, life's, mm. life's tough in America. Mm. And I was a kid. And so long story short, uh, I had all these little siblings. My parents got remarried to new people when I was a kid and then had babies when I was 12. And I lived in a, like, uh, a, one of those like townhouse communities that was off of a main road. So I couldn't walk any, I couldn't walk to the skate park, couldn't walk to school. It was like a highway basically. So I was very trapped. And gas prices were really high. My parents, you know, they weren't going to buy me, a, they couldn't buy me a car. I was like, God, I'm, I'm miserable. Like I'm coming home from school every day to a house full of, of like crying babies. All I want to do is like smoke weed and drink beer with my friends and be a degenerate and like skateboard and do graffiti. That's all I wanted to do. And they were all doing that. And I felt very, very left out. So I was like, all right, I got to buy a car. How do I afford a car? And I did the math. And then it was like, okay, once you get the car, then you got to get insurance and you got to get gas. And gas was like almost five bucks a gallon in 2011. Like we're doing that now in California. Like that was a long time ago, pre-inflation. It was very expensive for a moment. So I did the math and I was like, if I get a job at the pizza shop or the movie theater, like a normal high school kid for minimum wage, working the amount of hours I have after school, outside of hockey practice, weekends, like there still just would not be enough money, even if it's under the table cash to afford a car. And to be able to like get out of my parents' house. So I thought, well, 
how I need to make like 20 to $30 an hour with the amount of time I have, all the waking hours I have to be able to pull this off. So that's where I logistically was like, how do I do that? So I started like a tutoring business where I'd get paid 30 bucks an hour to tutor kids in like first mm. grade math. And I was just like, it helped me get really good at talking to parents and adults as a high school kid and not be like a little asshole who couldn't look them in the eye. Um, custom van sneakers. I was like, how do I leverage YouTube and like early days of Facebook to like get clients on the internet that would want to buy like a $300 pair of, of white vans, canvas vans that I painted with like Grateful Dead bears on it or something. Um, and that's just where I got the early itch of like, damn, like, you know, there's a lot of tools at my disposal to just do things a little bit differently. It's a little bit harder at the beginning. Well, it's actually way harder the entire journey of it, but but the upside is just so much higher. And that's where like I got an early yeah. taste of it in, 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 in high school. The fun side of it though, I've always said like screw authority. And, you know, I was the kid with like a little skateboard and, and tight jeans and like patches on my backpack. I would like hop fences and do graffiti. And like we just were always having these little run-ins. I never got arrested, thank God, and had run-ins with the law, but it was always like just about on that line and pushing the boundaries of it. And so... I look at a lot of people I grew up with that were in the action sports world and kind of always part of like heavy counterculture. And many of them ended up either not in a good place, but quite a few ended up doing incredible things because it taught us this early, like question authority, question the status quo, um, break the rules, bend the rules rather, and like figure out sort of your own way around it. And that's that the combination of those two things. I was just like, and I've, I've tried, I've had a couple of jobs here and there, like real adult jobs. And every time, realize like I'm like the worst employee ever because <laughs> I just try to like change everything. It's just, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. What's cool is, you know, they say that need or necessity is often one of the biggest drivers for innovation, right? So yeah. you found yourself in, in a need of like, I, I need mobility. I need to be able to drive and get out of here. I want spending cash and it yep. forced innovation and creativity out of you. And then you take the joy and a little bit of the middle finger of, yeah. you know, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be controlled. Uh, really makes sense how that could create a, a super entrepreneur out of you. Totally. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's a cool analogy that someone shared with me recently that I started to share as well, which I love, which is like, you're in this, you're stuck in a hole, like literally like imagine a hole in the dirt and it's like nine feet deep. So it's just too tall for you to climb out of it right now. And there's nothing in there. There's no ladder. There's no stairs. Like, how do you get out of this hole? you're like, you're sitting there, you're thinking, you're like, you're forced now to think about it. And you realize like, all right, I got all this mud and there's like a little bit of rain coming soon. I can maybe turn this into like mud blocks. And then the sun comes out and it turns those mud blocks into almost like cinder blocks. And now I can create a few of those. And now I'm able to create almost like a ladder for myself. And now I'm out of the mm. hole. But it it took being in that hole and dealing with like the rain and the like hot sun and and building some shit with your hands to even get out of it in the first place. Now you get all these new skills. Now you've dealt with some serious adversity. What's going to happen when you're in the next hole? Even if it's bigger, like you know how to get out of it. Now I'm like, I don't care about being in holes. It's no big deal. It's, I just care. It, it like unlocks this whole new world of like, what can I do? Yeah. And, and I've, I had it happen three times this year, let alone like in my career so far, which has been uh, about a decade now, um, like my real career. And so I'd love, I'd love to hear about one of them if you, if you don't mind, like it's such a great analogy and I'd love to see like 
man, how, what kind of hole did you find yourself in and what did the innovation look like? Yeah. Yeah. There's one that came, comes to mind for sure, which was, um, so I launched Thursday labs in March of 2023 and for anyone listening, it's, it's the end of November of 2023. So like nine months ago or so, eight months ago. And I launched it with a beta client and the beta client was, it was essentially me being like their fractional CMO with an emphasis on like creating a lot of organic content and like building up their thought leadership through podcasting and running their socials and like all the short form clips of them, you know, kind of like what you see Joe Rogan or Alex Ramosi doing. And I was like, this is like really interesting. We're seeing a lot of this on, on the web chat GPT is coming out. Like maybe I can produce this type of content really efficiently. So anyway, um, started with them. It was a great start. We had incredible results. I was making good money. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. How do I then translate this to four or five clients at a time? And that's my book of business. And I'll be like a fractional CMO and I'll work like 30 hours a week and I'll get to play with my dog and surf a lot and all that. That didn't happen at all. Uh, I wasn't able to, I burned through my savings, which I, I had about um, living like tight and modest. I could last about a year. When I started this business, living normally, like as I did without really changing a whole lot, I was able to last about six months. So I was like, I have about three to six months to like get this thing to having more money than I started with. Um, and uh, we're in month six and I'm down to like all the money I saved for, you know, ups and downs over the years. And there's, there's been lots of them. I'm down to like a month mm. left of expenses. And I haven't been here in, in quite a while. And like, damn, is that a shitty feeling? And but I've, I've been there before and I've had to always crawl out of that hole. So I'm in this hole. It's like, I have no prospects now. I, the market's just trash. Um, something's not working. I got to like figure out, I have to pivot in some capacity or I got to go like get a job. And like, then I really start from square one again, like back to like no more savings. I got to dip into like stock market money that I'd been put away for years. And it sucked. And to be like almost 30 years old and looking at that, Again, like it's fine when you're 23. It's fine when you're 25. When you're like 28 years old, it doesn't feel fine anymore, even though it's kind of right, right. Feel. But um, so I, I had to like really almost soul search and like look at my ego and be like, well, like, why isn't this working? Like, why am I charging this much money? Why am I like offering what we're offering? Like what what's actually working for my clients? Were they actually paying for? Like, where's the real value here? outside of just like what I thought they needed. I needed to really look at like what was really working. And it's funny because you, you know, as a, as a VC or as an entrepreneur in general, you, you give this advice to any entrepreneur, but then to take it yourself when you're like actually there, it's, yeah. it's a little bit harder. So I started exploring slightly different models of like, do I do more of a like scalable, but much cheaper, like done for you model where it's, um, everyone gets like the same offering. It's not bespoke for every client and we're not charging like 25, 30 grand a month. It's like six grand a month. I mean, that's, but then I got to work with more people. Um, do I explore like a sponsorship model where I get like somebody else to pay for this type of work for somebody? And so I put out these offerings and doubled the revenue that we were making uh, in mm. like a month. Um, and so it was really about like having forced to really look at like what's, how are we packaging this? How are we selling this? Not even just like what words are we using, but like, how are we actually positioning this in the market? And like, what's the story around why it exists this way? Um, had to just like really, really dig deep on that one and redesign it. And, and then it finally, it like landed and resonated. It's like, you're always coming really damn close to the edge <laughs> and then you're forced to like figure it. So that, that was, that was the most recent one at a high level. So 
yeah, we started like from there, the company just like completely took off. And now I don't have cash issues. We've got scaling mm-hmm. issues because uh, that's the next level of problems. Um, yeah, that's the most recent one. Was the main thing just finding the, especially the current kind of state of the market, was it finding the right price point? Was that kind of the main thing? I think it was, yes, of course, the price, but it, it was also me having to shift and get some coaching on like, stop thinking about price and think about mm-hmm. value. Like price talk about, talk about that. is like, okay. yeah, I mean, price is almost like a poor person's game. It's like a scarce mindset of like, you know, what's the price of this coffee? It's like five bucks. If you, if you say to someone like, how many people in this room want this $25 cup of coffee? Like no one's going to raise their hand. But when you say to them, I've got a cup of coffee here that has like the most incredible healing powers in it. And it'll, it'll help you like live forever. And when you drink it, you're going to feel like a superhero. And then like all the greatest athletes in the world drink this coffee every morning. It's $25. Who wants it? Everyone's going to raise their hand. All you did was just kind of communicate the value in a different way and measure, measure the value in a different way. And so that was a big thing. So if I'm like, it's 6K a month and you're going to get X, Y, and Z out of it, people then have to think about what is that worth to me? Like, is that going to bring me back 7K a month? Is that going to bring me back 50K a month? Like, what's the ROI? And like, is the, they, you're, you're for, you're putting the work on them to then have to decide like, okay, I get the price, but then what's the value? But if you just shift the whole conversation to be like, this is what you're going to get out of our endeavor. All of these things are like what we can guarantee. And then all of these things are what we've seen other clients get that we can't guarantee, but like you can expect stuff similar to this. And and to them, they're seeing that as the promised land. That's worth, it's, it's right. unlimited. It could be worth 10 grand. To them. It could be worth a hundred grand to them. It could be worth a million to them. Like they can see so clearly how it's going to change their lives and change their business and bring all this revenue. And it does. And then I'm like, and it's, it's expensive. And now they're thinking, oh my God, this is going to be like, 50k a month 100k a month and i'm like it's expensive six grand a month they're like oh that's not bad at all but we still landed at the same price and so selling and marketing and communicating value versus price was um you know i i had been told that for a long time but i didn't really ever like get to exercise that and that it changed changed my life genuinely changed the entire business changed everything and it it just blew up from there and now i look at things like that too i'm like I go to the grocery store and it's, it's, it's funny how I'm like, all right, I look at this pasta versus that, that pasta. This one's nine bucks. That one's whatever. And I'm looking at the ingredients. And I'm thinking like, what's the value in me having $9 pasta versus $2 pasta based off of how they're positioning it? How they're, and now I'm thinking like, if I were to sell $9 pasta like this one, like I probably would be making it, I'd have a different color on the package. I'd have like a different slogan. I'd have, I'd, I'd make the ingredients bigger. Um, cause there's me again, trying to change everything. Yeah, no, I love that. That is a huge, huge insight and lesson for often a struggling business, like going to a super successful business that maybe didn't even change much of its operations in terms of what it's doing, but understanding the value and how to proposition it and how to prove it, track certain things. If someone's listening right now and they're in that stage, where do they start? How do they start looking at their business and find what is the value that we're really offering? And how do we quantify that? Like, is there any questions they could ask? Or That's a good question. Uh, Let me think about this for a sec. I mean, yeah, if I were to like prescribe or look back at like where we went through it, I think there's an exercise you could do, which is, first of all, like, you got to check your ego at the door, because this one's hard. 
sit down, pull out a whiteboard for like an uninterrupted Saturday afternoon or a Sunday. Like there's no emails coming in. No one's bothering you. You need to really, you need to think. You might even need to like have a few drinks if that's what you need to get there. Like you got to, some people it's like do some minor psychedelics, whatever it is. You got to like take yourself and your emotion out of this. Don't think about the bills you got to pay. Don't think about, you know, what type of cash flow you need, what your price point needs, what salary you need to feel proud. Like put out of that out of the room for a second and then ask, of the people I've worked with over the last, you know, six months or year or whatever, you know, recent time period you want to think of, I'd probably say like six months, 80-20 rule. What did you do that took 20% of your time and effort, but got them 80% of their results? And so when I did that exercise, I made a list. I was like, what are all the things I did for this like beta client? Like what was our deliverables over the last six months? It was like 15 things I was doing for them on a daily basis. Small, some small, some big. Everything from like booking their guests for them on a mm-hmm. podcast, like posting their things on social media, like building landing pages, running their ads, like all this marketing stuff. And then I took another color and circled all the things on that list. And we're like, and what, which of these items like actually brought the most results and ROI and value? And it was like four. It was like four wow. of those things. And I, and I looked at those four things and I was like, I did, I can do all of those four things for each client in like three hours a week. And those four, I don't know if this can apply to everybody, but at least for me, I was like, and there was this weird pattern where like those four things are the most efficient and can be easily automated and like handed off to an extent to either an AEA or some AI. And I was like, fuck, like I can build a business on this. So I think the starting point, and then it was like, and what was that worth? Like, and then I, I just kind of knew it just like popped into my head. I was like, this is like around like six to eight grand mm. a month. It's not 23 grand a month, but I can do this with 10 more. Like, and now if we're making 30K a month doing it with two, now if I do it with, with six, we're making 60K a month. We just doubled our revenue, but it was like a different shift. And I had to really think like, damn, I'm not putting this price. I'm not charging a premium anymore, like that high. And like, how do I make, you know, there's going to be a dip in the salary I make while I ramp this up. And I put it out there and everyone bought it like immediately. Everyone's like, oh yeah, great. Sounds good. <laughs> so I think that that's step one. Step two, simultaneously, and this is, I think, a new insight I had this year. And I'm telling a lot of people this one. I love this one, which is we're at this moment in time. This is very timely with the market. We're like, people are really overwhelmed. People are really busy and people are really stressed and anxious with everything. The, it's the end of the year. It was a terrible year economically for a lot of people. A lot of people are on the job market and really struggling, dipping into their savings, not talking about it, not sleeping. Like it was a tough year. And so we have a lot on our mind. And now if I come to someone and I'm like, hey, you want to buy my product? Like I'm going to sell it to you. And they're like, okay, great. Like what does it cost? What do I need to do? Like what are you going to do for me? And I'm like, well, let's discuss that. I've got a range. We could do this for 10K a month or this for like 20K a month or this for 30K a month. And we know we could do it for three months. We could do it for six months. And this is what like consultants do. Uh, we create a custom package. And that's what every agency yeah. in the world does. And now what's actually happening is the prospect, the person I'm selling to, has a lot to think about. They got to go sit down with their co-founder or their partners and they got to they gotta think like, all right, well, should we do this for 10K a month? Should we do this for 30K a month? Like, should we start next week? Should we start in three months? They're not even going to have that conversation. Like it's such a low priority for them unless it's like do or die, which it's not. So I, I, I kept finding myself checking in and being like, Hey, when do you want to chat again? Like, are you down? It's just like following up with people. If I feel like I'm following up with people over and over again in sales, 
something's off. It's a bad product or like, that's a sign that like something's off. And so I think you need to, everyone needs to shift it now to, it needs to be a no-brainer. What you're selling needs to be a no-brainer. And that doesn't mean it needs to be like obvious as far as the price and value. Yes, that's a given. But what it actually means is they don't need to use their yeah. brain to say yes. They should be able to literally just like be like, great, send me the deal contract. Like, where do I sign? And until that is happening, you haven't figured it out. And I think that's the new learning, the new mindset. So I started to go to people and be like, it's six grand a month for four months. We need to start you in two weeks. And here's why. If we don't start you in two weeks, you're going to miss a massive opportunity. And I'm moving on to the next person who does want this. Um, this is exactly what you're going to get every week. This is exactly what I need from you every week. So you can expect only one hour for this and two hours for that. Here's a very clear detailed schedule of like what you're signing up for. And these are the expected results. It's almost like a yeah. syllabus for a new class. You have to be here at this time. And if you want to be successful, this is what you got to do. And if you don't want to be successful, this is what you got to do. And this is what it costs. And then, and it's at a price point where they don't really need to like go have a board meeting about it. They can just be like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And now I got yep. it. Now they're in. Then I can upsell from there after a month or three months because they love us. And it just started working. And so I look at all these like consultants and agencies and, and salespeople that sell something that's more of a service. And I'm like, pack, package it into- A process. That, a process, a product, a yep. program, a, a sprint. I just saw another example of this dude. I, I've been following him on LinkedIn for a while now, a couple of years. And I, he's a graphic designer. He's an amazing logo designer, right? And he puts out a lot of his own work for all his clients on LinkedIn, his portfolio, and he's great. And I haven't had a need for it in a while because I'm like, I know how it goes. I'm also a graphic designer. So it's like, yeah, someone, well, what does it cost? And they answer, well, what's your budget? And it's like, well, I don't know, 25 grand. Like, cool, this is what I could do for 25 grand. But like, what's your budget? Fucking right. zero. I don't want to spend on anything. So like, that's the answer. So he just put out the other day a three-day for five grand branding sprint. So if you're a company that doesn't have a logo and in three days you want to have a great logo and brand guidelines document, color palette, all this stuff, all I need from you is you to fill out this worksheet, upload these files, show up for one hour, give me $5,000 and in three days, this is what you're going to have. I think he made like a hundred grand in like an hour. Like that's how people, they just need to be like, yeah, yeah, sounds great, done. Because then there's all these other logo designers out there that are trying to sell me on their whole their whole thing. And it could take six weeks and it's whatever how much I want to spend. And there's all these custom packages. I don't want to think about this. I got to deal with like taxes yes. next year. That's way bigger priority. So that's the lesson here, man. This is like a crazy year for it. I'm so glad I asked that question because your answers were phenomenal. I want to start with cool. the most recent one and then go back to the first answer you gave. But yeah. that, that idea, I meant so my business is somewhat consultancy. Like I do coaching for our executives, for their leadership teams, that kind of thing. I know nice. exactly the trap you're talking about. And I even fall into it, yeah. which is yeah. it feels appealing to do the custom route and to give yeah. a bunch of options and like, well, you know, we could do it like this. We could do it like this. But like you said, there's almost decision fatigue. We are like, yes. dude, you gave me homework. You, you, yeah. you made this like a lot on my end to figure out what I want and to take some of that away is removing some friction is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And then people also psychologically trust the process. 100%. They, they don't know what they would need. It's like, hey, can you build me a house? And then the architect being like, well, great. Do you want a 6,000 square yes. foot house or like a 2,000 square foot house or a 40,000? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what could I? I never built a house for. I don't know what I'm doing. I trust you less. 
But if they just came to me and were like, this is what you need. I've, I've seen a million people like you. This yes. is what you need. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I, I, I trust you. Yes, man. That is, that's phenomenal. That is fantastic advice. Take some of the decision points away, make it easier, make it clearer, make it, turn it in. There probably is, even if you don't know it, there probably is a process that you trust that if you were just to give it a name, give it a time frame. you also created some urgency, that idea of like, Hey, start in two weeks. Like that's the, that's the cutoff point. Like that urgency drives a decision, you know, like, Shit or get yep. off the pot. Like, I'm not going to yep. chase you down for six months. Um, it, it creates some demand, you know, where you're like, dude, I'm not yep. waiting around for six months. I got two weeks, you know, then we're shipping off to someone else. Uh, now, every, if you go yep. about that, obviously, with a certain attitude, it's going to turn people off. But um, that is really, really smart. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, I'll share. It's funny. I asked my coach like three or four weeks ago, the struggling for a while, like, how do I drive urgency without it being about yeah. me? Cause I don't, I don't feel right saying to people like, I need your answer by next week, which is yeah. arbitrary. And then I'm moving on to the next person. I'm so busy. busy. I'm so great. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's about me and, and I didn't love that. So I was like, how can I craft urgency that was more relevant to them and not about me? And we came with a couple of really good answers that I think I'd love to share Please. if it's like valuable. And I've been, I've been playing with it and it's been really helpful, which is here's a great example. Like the one I've been sharing the most. I've been hearing chatter lately about LinkedIn launching soon, like their own influencer world. So like on Instagram or TikTok, influencers can get paid great money to just like put out content and and push products. But you got to say and share like this is a paid promotion. LinkedIn's potentially launching this in Q1, which is a very big deal. And in my opinion, a very good move for LinkedIn. Uh, I can't guarantee this. I can't verify it for anyone listening. I just have heard some chatter. So like, I don't know. But either way, I'm thinking, wait a second. Let's say this launches in Q1. They're going to start with their most promising. They're going to offer this tool to probably their most promising up and coming voices and thought leaders who have really powerful niche audiences. I don't know if that means they need to have like 100,000 followers or 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. But either way, like that's where thought leadership is going. Great signal. So I've been saying to potential clients and prospects, I'm like, hey, I'm pretty sure this thing's going to launch in on LinkedIn in Q1. I'm here to get you ahead of the curve and ready for that so that when that thing launches, you're already an influential voice. And so you're not leaving money on the table. But if you wait mm. until February or March or Q2, you're going to miss the opportunity to be one of the early people to use this new groundbreaking thing on LinkedIn. I don't care. Like I've got clients who do want it. So let me know if you're in, but if you want to, you want to be ready for that, we got to start next week. And now they're like, it's not about me. And they hear that as, wow, Jake's really looking out for my success here. Like Jake, Jake cares about us being successful and being ready for that. So that I started playing with things like that. Like, let's get you ready for this event. Let's like get you to maximize ROI before your big board meeting. Let's get you to impress that investor. Who's going to be at that conference that you're speaking at in three months. Like, now there's there's a there is a real deadline that's more than just as arbitrary like we need you by the end of the week so that we can close deals before the end of the year they don't care about that well i like that i mean that's another great exercise like if if you imagined for those like us that like surfing if you imagine you're kind of out in the water you got your clients or potential clients out there on boards and you're just looking in the distance saying like what wave is coming and if i can spot a wave a trend an opportunity 
that's coming, all I'm doing is yep. letting them know this wave is coming. We better start paddling now if, if you want to yep. catch it, right? Like, don't be the one who watched that go by, you know? Totally. It's a great analogy. I love to surf. I love how surfing is like one of the best analogies for business and life. Um, and you trust me because I've been doing this for a lot of years. I I know how to spot when waves are coming that no one else yep. can spot yet. And if, and if you either, it's almost intense. If you stay in the water and you don't, you're not prepared for that wave, you're going to get crushed crushed yeah. and i don't want that for you because yep. i've been there and i had to learn and let's get you to this point it's a great analogy well and there's a different kind of crush too man because especially for ambitious people there's nothing more soul crush crushing than watching other people ride a wave that you miss totally that's yeah you're like that's that was the like you were out there waiting for hours and you see somebody else catch a wave that you're like that was the one I was waiting for. And you're having all the fun. Yeah. And I'm sitting here in the still water, you know? They've said, my coach told me this as well. He's great. Of like, when I was thinking like, do I go big with my company or not? He was like, they say, some have said that hell is you like standing at the gates of hell, seeing a movie play of everything you could have done in life, but yep. didn't do. And just, you have to watch, you have to sit there and endure and watch yep. that movie. And I'm like, fuck, that is my version of hell for yes. sure. To watch someone else go take what I, what I could have saw, what I saw and could have done, but just like was too lazy to do or didn't do it or, or waited too long. It's really good. Um, it's, a, it's a great picture. So, so I'm curious, let's, let's like hack this for a sec on the programming and processing side and, and you focus on coaching, like what could you shift and, and in that, or, or, or bring to the market that kind of fits this general framework of like, it's a no brainer. It's, it's, it's a process and it, it does work for your, your clients in some way. Is there anything there? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would need to bring. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to both interview you and I'm listening and and <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to brainstorm at the same time. Where I'm like, no, there's meat here for me. Like, sure. and we've seen it applied already. I think I need to apply it again. It's like where you, you, you go from too broad a spectrum to narrowed, and that's where we are. And it's like I'm hearing from you, like I need to do that process again, right? So like one of the things we did was again all these complicated offers where it was like, Hey, we could do this one-to-one. -one. We could do this group thing. We could do this for a time period. I can do build this out for you. So you have an evergreen content program, blah, 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 blah. Yep. One of the newest kind of opportunities we're expanding in, I made it real simple. And I just said, Hey, you've got a lot of emerging leaders, people that just don't feel like they're equipped for leadership. They got the position, but they don't have a clue how to lead people. Yep. I'm going to do toolkit sessions. It's yep. real simple. One tool a month, to increase their effectiveness as a leader, they get to hear me talk about it, dialogue about it, and it sold so easy and so much faster that way. Just, yeah. I didn't give them any other offers. Here's what I'm spotting. Here's what I know you need. And it lasts for 12 months and it's one tool a month and it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but I still think, I still think I could do that better based on your first answer. Um, so your first answer, the 80-20 rule is the most amazing. Like I remember where I was when I read the 80, 20 principle. Where were you? I, I, like, I was sitting in uh, the park in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It was a random Sunday afternoon with my wife. We didn't have kids at the time. And I had seen that book and it intrigued me and I picked it up. And I remember thinking, damn, if this is true, this changes everything. Yeah. And I'm a little, I'm a little mad that I haven't applied it more aggressively because every time mm -hmm. I have, it has led to phenomenal results. But just that idea of like 20% of anything you're doing is generating 80% of the results or, you know, 20% of your clients are 80% of your revenue, or you could flip that 20% of your clients are probably 80% of your headache. 
Yep. Like, what would it look like to get rid of them, you know? Yep. Um, but when, on your first answer, doing that 80-20 rule, there's a book called 10X is Easier Than 2X by mm-hmm. Dan Sullivan. He's a legendary executive coach since, like, the 70s, working with entrepreneurs and all that stuff. And in his experience, he said it was literally easier for someone to 10X their company or 10X their revenue than it is to double it. And he said the reason why is to double it is doing a lot of the same, just more. Sure. So if you're, if you're like, I need to double my revenue or double my, my, my team, he's like, you're basically going to do everything you're already doing. You're just going to do it harder. Yeah. And he said 10X requires an, an innovation, and it's typically letting go of 80% of the stuff that isn't really working and doubling down on the 20% that is fantastic. Yeah. And it leads to a disproportional result, you know? And so that sounds like exactly what you were doing. We were like, man, I realized there's only four things that I was doing Yeah, that we got phenomenal results, took little time to do. And if we just focused on that, it's so much easier than just trying to do the whole package and just get more people to buy the whole package. Does right. that make sense? hundred percent. I think that's, I love, it's funny because you hear 2X, 10X, like, oh, that's provocative, intriguing. I haven't read that book. Um, it's yet. phenomenal. Although I feel like you just kind of gave me everything I needed to know from the book. But uh, No, because it's uh, it's actually in the, in it, literally, I, I felt the same way until I read it. It's actually in the description. Like he leads you through like, you may have this hesitation about this. Let me talk you through this. And then like it, it in the applying of it, it's a brilliantly, it's a brilliant book. It's one of my favorites so far. 10X is easier than 2X is, is wild. 10X than 2X, cool. Even now I'm like, okay, now we're at the, you know, we got to the whatever X point. Um, there's always more, like we can be more efficient. We can scale this thing bigger. And it's like, maybe I need to run it again. After, well, that's what you're doing after, to me. You know, I'm like, I need to run these filters months. again on my business. <laughs> like, yeah, it's almost like I should be doing this uh-huh. quarterly of like a baked in, like take a Saturday, fil- mm-hmm. like run the filter, like scrape across the top. Like where can we just keep getting more efficient and stuff? And uh, I know I need to do that like over the holidays when I can actually breathe for a second. Um, yeah, I love it, dude. That's a great one. Super good. No, me and you are going to chat afterwards. I, I'm going to, I'm going to turn you into consultant for me for a second <laughs> and be like, all right, how how do we blow this this thing up? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, one of the things that that I'm curious about is you mentioned that you started a marketing agency, you know, when you were 18, and then now with Thursday Labs, you have a marketing agency to it. I don't know if that's the right, you know, category to put it in. It sounds like it. Yeah. What's the biggest difference between that company then and this company now? Oh, yeah. I mean, that that company now was a, like, full-service marketing agency. We'll do whatever it is that, like, we, we'll create a custom bespoke package for every client, which meant we had a lot of proposals and, and we're constantly chasing the next deal. And there was a big referral business and it was always different. Some of our clients were, like, five grand a month and some were, like, a one-off 50K project and some were, like, 2K a month for, like, a little thing. And yeah. it's an agency an agency this one is uh it's sort of an agency i hate using that word for it i really like vulnerably don't know what to call it i've been some capacity calling it like we're a content platform content company uh one of the big reasons i moved to los angeles was to double down on the vision of like it's a it's the first production house for founders you know you look at like a hollywood studio and they've got actors and actresses and they it's like they bring these people in almost as like budding seeds and turn them into stars and like their whole career as long as they are you know 
have a lot of likeness and are growing and are doing well, they they take care of all of it. They make them a freaking mm. star. Same thing with record labels and musicians. But no one does that for tech entrepreneurs yet. The public and startup world's growing like crazy. It always has been. There's a lot of money in venture now. And people revere tech founders as, as yeah. rock stars. But like no one's handling their affairs from a, a content and thought leadership and like human standpoint. I was like, I want to build that. Like that that's a cool vision. And so it's the beginning of the blending of Silicon Valley and Hollywood, which has never blended before. It's aggressive and outrageous for me to be like, I'm going to be the one to blend Silicon Valley and Hollywood. But I figure, you know, I, I was in New York for a long time, got a lot of network in Silicon Valley, but I haven't done the Hollywood side of things yet. Let me like play in that pool yeah. for a little while. Um, so that's the big difference. It's like, this is less of an agency and more of a studio in that regard. And now everyone starts at the same point. Phase one, which is, it was six grand a month and now that price has gone up to eight grand a month and it might go up to 10 K a month soon uh, for four months. Like that's the starting point. You go to our website, like that's the, it's the one offering, the one program, the one product that everyone gets. But then the results of that are different for everybody based off of their industry and like how, how good they were and all that. And then some end after four months and like they weren't successful with us or we weren't successful with them. And it, we call it a day, but we still had a fun engagement together and did something cool. So far, that hasn't happened yet. With it, we haven't had any churn. But everyone, it leads them different, yeah. to a different place. Some like next, they go heavy on like ad spend, and we're going to then you know triple our our spend, quadruple our spend to to like put more money behind all this content. Some are like, we want to go really heavy on um, continue on the organic, and we're going to spend more money on getting like bigger guests and just keep going the organic front. Some are like, we don't want to spend more money. We just want to keep rolling what we're doing. It's growing very, uh, it's harvesting really well. Like let's just keep that rolling. Some are like, we got to get me. The, the client like speaking at conferences and writing books and like becoming, you know, putting out their own like paid newsletter. And like, there's all these, these different routes that it takes them. And so I'm starting to build out departments and partnerships with the phase two and phase three teams that like, we've got like now like a paid media de department. So when you get to the point of your first phase one got you to now you're a big paid media person, we get you in that hallway. So that that's where it's going. And so I, we are not a full service agency because we don't start with like, well, we'll be your full service, whatever. It's more as you get to that point, we can then hand it off or, or build out the next the next chapter for you accordingly. Just as an, uh, a studio would do for an actor who's going really big into commercials or comedies or reality TV, or a musician is getting really big in country or EDM or, or rock and roll or whatever it is. That's how we look Dude. at it. Dude, I love that. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier Alex Ramosi. He was successful before he was a known personality, but I can't imagine that it was to the same degree that his business, not just what he makes from, you know, likes and, you know, engagement on social media, yeah. but literally what that's probably done for the businesses that he runs yeah. has probably 10 X totally simply because he's a known personality seen as a thought leader now in, in certain spaces. And yeah. uh, it sounds similar. Like, is that kind of what you guys are doing? Very much so. Yes. I mean, I look at it as it took him probably a decade to get there, but now there's probably a hundred million people in the world who know the name Alex Ramosi and immediately are like, I love that guy. I would work with that guy in a heartbeat would be an incredible use of my money. Lots of yeah. value. Don't even care what he costs, but only a tiny percentage of those people know acquisition.com is his, his company. And like where at this point, probably only a, a percentage of his revenue comes from, um, but it took him a long time of building that company and and producing consistent, high-quality content every single day, everywhere to get there. Um, an analogy I use a lot is, is akin to working out. 
So if people come to me and they're like, okay, Jake, I've never been to the gym before, ever. I'm overweight. I'm unhealthy. I don't sleep well. My spouse doesn't touch me. Like <laughs> everything sucks. And I think it's because of my health. I want to start working out. And I'm their trainer. And I, we start. And then after three weeks, they're like, where's my yeah. six pack? Why, why aren't I a professional bodybuilder yet? Like, dude, you just by asking that question, I have to fire you. I know that <laughs> we're never going to be successful here. We both know that this is going to take years. It's a two to three year endeavor, at least for things to really change your life. But, but we can measure and track like wins from the start. First win, you built a studio at home. That's amazing. That's the equivalent of like walking into the gym for the first time and signing up. Like that's the hardest thing. Just showing up. Yeah. Huge win. Great. End of month one. Like you've already recorded three episodes a month ago. You didn't even have a camera. Now you just interviewed three of the biggest thought leaders in your industry. That's huge. Huge win. Let's celebrate that. Don't worry about the six pack yet. Don't worry about benching 250, fucking squatting 400 pounds, winning a bodybuilding championship. Alex Ramosi's a pro. He's the, the professional bodybuilder. He's been doing this for a very long time consistently, but he had to start somewhere. And so uh, I, I use that analogy with, I mean, it, it just keeps, yeah. there's always another way to uh, compare this to like working out. Um, and so it's a very, it's a long-term game, but, or don't do it at all. Don't start now. Start in a year. You'll be a year behind. You'll be, you'll have six other competitors who did start a mm. year before you. Um, I don't want people to get crushed by that wave. It's a big deal. Mm. No, I love the working out analogy. Actually, I've used that with my clients as, as well because it was a lesson for me when about five or six years ago, I was getting back into shape. I'd played sports most of my life and then got married, sat around, worked a job, and it was just like, holy shit, I, I went by the wayside. And so I was like, I'm really doing this. You know, like I got back in, found a local gym, started working out with the the founder and some of his trainers just became buddies. And they're like, you really want to do this? I was like, yeah, I'm serious. And they're like, all right. So they come work out with me, do everything I'm doing. I'm like, all right. It's about three months in. I was not pumped with the results yet. And so totally. I started, I spent like an hour on Google, like looking at different ways I might need to train and maybe I need to mix this in and do this. And I remember coming to Stuart was the guy's name. He was one of the head trainers. He was a CrossFit athlete nationally. And I was like, Stuart, I've been looking up online. I'm thinking maybe I should do this. I know it's good for y'all, but maybe for me to get better results, I should do this, this. And he goes, stop. Yeah. Like, Shut he your goes, mouth. Stop. He goes, yeah. bro, you are too early to even be looking at your results. He goes, I'm going to define the win for you right now. I was like, all right, what's the win? He goes, getting in the habit of showing up. He's like, you're yeah. still in the window of time where most people will quit. And so he's like, the real win is you go from it feeling difficult to choose to go to the gym to feeling like it's second nature. And he goes, totally. if you just track that, how many days that I get up and I came here and I showed up at two o'clock was when they worked out. I showed up at two o'clock and I joined the crew. He's like, that's the win. Yep. And he goes, if I see that that is now a no brainer for you, one, the results yep. will follow no matter what you're doing. If you just keep showing up, but he's like, two, it's only after that point that you and I will talk strategy. Like, Yep. Let's get this yeah. solidified and then we'll tweak strategy later. If you're still unhappy with the results three more months from now, you know, totally. and that changed my totally. life. I was like, I'm not looking at the scale. I'm not looking at my, you know, my maxes. I'm looking at, I showed up again today. I did the work and it's becoming a part of who I am now. Does that make sense? Totally. A hundred percent. And it's, it's tough and it's funny. I'm, I'm like running up on time and I can talk about this for hours, but I'm like, 
we live in a time in a society where like people, we want these quick wins. Everyone's hiring for these quick wins. We expect results faster than an Uber can show up, which is the world we live in now. And so it makes it really challenging for people who sell a process that is a long-term game. I think it's, it's, we're forced to like really over the top celebrate the little things. Like imagine if you came in, I bet if you went in on day one to the gym and the guy was like, we're going to be celebrating you showing up. We're going to be celebrating you not quitting after three months. You probably would have been like, well, screw that. Like uh, that doesn't sound, it wasn't, wouldn't have been good sales. He didn't like, he, he painted the picture of how shitty and hard it's going to be. But then you get in there and you start to trust the guy. And now he has to drop the bomb on you of like, oh yeah, by the way, like you thought this was going to be great in three months. No, now you're at the shittiest part. It's going to be terrible for the next eight months. Then it's going to get good. That's like buying a ticket to a flight and then being like, we get you there in three hours. And now you're two and a half hours in on the flight. And they're like, sorry, it's actually going to be nine (laughs) hours, but it's going to be like the greatest flight of your life. Be like, no, (laughs) terrible. Uh, So it makes it challenging for folks like you and I of like, how do we, get them to sign the deal and start and then, and then really stick around. But I think it's actually more like we got to get a bigger population of people to start than we know than that many. We know that a decent percentage of them are not going to stick around yeah. and that's okay. It's about finding the ones that like do stick around and who we're going to double down on. Yeah, man. The, I know you got to go. So the last thought I'll say on that, and then I got a question for you to end. Um, yeah. I think I think there's a growing distrust in the overpromise and underdeliver that our world has been in for so long. Yeah. And so I think just in the sales conversation, yeah. if you touch on that and you say like, Hey, have you noticed that people promise you the world and never deliver? Like, I'm just not going to do that to you. Like the reality is you can have what you want. It's just going to take longer than you've been sold. And I think it'll actually, mm. it'll actually breed trust where they're like, that's what this gym does, yeah. but that I still go to that differentiates them from the 24 sevens near them and all that stuff is they're like, no, nah, it won't. It's going to, they, their phrase was you can't undo in 30 days what you did to yourself in 30 years. And they're like, but if you join this family, you join this community, you will see a, a change, you, you know? And so I, I think you can yeah. sell the truth that touches on people's growing distrust of like, I knew something was fishy about making a million dollars in 30 days. I knew something was fishy about like, you know, become an overnight celebrity. And it's like, that just doesn't happen, but it's not as long as you fear. It's just longer than you've been sold. You know, that's a good line, by that's the way. You can line. use that. Yeah, that's so good. I'm going to write that down. It won't take as long as you fear, but it won't be as quick as you've been sold. Yeah. You know, I, I love it. I'm, I'm going to definitely start having earlier conversations about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I try to be really transparent with folks for sure. It level sets. Yeah. It level sets, you know? Yep. All right, last question. Where can people, if someone's listening that's like, dude, I need his services. I want to be a thought leader. Yeah. I want to take, you know, whatever. How do we, how do they connect with you? LinkedIn is the best place. Um, that's my favorite tool right now, platform right now for, for what we're doing. Um, search my name, Jake Hurwitz, H-U-R-W-I-T-Z. Uh, if you can't find me, then you probably weren't searching hard enough. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, <laughs> and the company is called Thursday Labs. So that's what Perfect. we're doing. ThursdayLabs.co is the website. Perfect. Jake, man, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure having you. you. Great meeting you. This was a lot of fun. And um, let's definitely have this conversation again soon. Let's do it, bro. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.